0: We're still talking Raging Cajun softball and baseball. Kevin Foote from the Acadian Advocate hops on Locked on Sunbelt. You are Locked on Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to another edition of Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. We'll talk to Raging Cajuns beat writer Kevin Foote from the Acadiana Advocate on Raging Cajun softball and on baseball. Uh, We'll go through it. we preview the Baton Rouge Regional. We talk about the Cajuns baseball team now getting a good seating. We do it all. It is Kevin Foote from the Acadiana Advocate. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. Let's bring in my buddy Kevin Foote from the Acadiana Advocate. He covers Raging Cajun sports here locally in Lafayette. Really appreciate your time, Kevin. Did the Raging Cajun softball team get screwed not hosting a regional? And how are you?
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm good. No, I, I don't think. I wrote a column that was a Sunday's paper ahead of time saying, look, my, my, obviously the first option if you're a Cajun fan from my perspective is – you went out and scheduled the way you did. Your RPI is 11. You wish you would get a, you know, a seed that was closer to what your RPI was, but did you really think that was going to happen? Probably not, because you know, once upon a time, the RPI at certain times meant more than maybe it does now. We learned that yesterday. But the second option was going to regionals where you feel like you had an a path if you played pretty well of getting to Oklahoma city. And I think they definitely got that. So I don't think they got a raw deal at all.
0: Uh, all right. So let's talk about this team. Cause they won this Sunbelt conference tournament much differently than they have in the past. It was usually, we're going to outslug you. We're going to out hit you. We'll have enough pitching. Uh, and in this time they did it with all pitching and defense. They won two ball games, four to one, and they beat Marshall one to nothing. Only the second time all season. Marshall has been shut out. How have you seen, uh, the kind of team that Jerry Glasgow has now compared to previous Raging Cajun squads. Uh, how have you seen that develop? It is unique because,
1: you know, they really have five pitchers that they've thrown Uh, in significant um, not necessarily significant innings but all in competitive games against good teams not in mop-up duty is what I'm saying at different times now Chloe Riasetto hadn't pitched as much lately as she did early in the year but when they were playing top 10 teams Chloe was pitching so you don't have that a whole lot I was just reviewing some old regionals that for, for Cajun softball from like 20 years ago and Brooke mitchell pitched every game i mean like you know every right. game and that's kind of the right. way softball was so they have more pitching options now which helps but you know wouldn't it it was kind of strange this weekend because the win was kind of not it the park was playing big for baseball but they still scored runs but in softball the park played big and, and no one scored any runs the whole sunbelt conference tournament
0: it was kind of bizarre it really was, uh, you know, a couple of balls. I thought on, I think it was against Texas State, seemed to go go to the wall, and nothing would go out. It was, uh, yeah, it, the it, pitching was
1: certainly the, and I don't mind that, especially us media members who kind of prefer quick games to three and a half hour games. They went fairly quick, and so, and I think that's you know good softball or good baseball for the most part. But it was strange how just about everyone who pitched pitched well, or at least never. Not one pitcher ever got lit the whole region. I mean, uh Yeah, but know. hold on a second.
0: hold on a second. The games did not go fast. They were all like two and a half hours except the championship game, which was one-nothing. Yes. That's fair. Yeah, they did not go fast. Usually the Cajuns play within like an hour and a half because they always run real, yeah? but that's not the case. Uh well, talking- I mean,
1: look, I've said it. Base UL baseball typically Plays, they'll, they'll get through seven innings before the softball team does. When they're when they start at the same time, most of the time the baseball team gets through seven innings before the softball team does. But I, I don't know all why that is. But it's it's been that, that is way. An a
0: unusual lot. case. That's usually yes. not the case. Right. Usually the softball team, although in the past it scored some runs, they usually do it quick with like, well, here's a three-run home run, here's a two-run home run. It's not a whole lot of even if it is a big inning, it's not you know. The Cajuns are not thinking and dunking. No, but
1: baseball has played a lot of games this year in 215, 220, 218 in that range. Like, I don't know, Tony Robichaux is not here anymore, but they do that in the way Tony Robichaux would coach it for sure.
0: We're talking with uh, Kevin Foote from the Acadiana Advocate. We're talking Raging Cajuns a softball. All right, so we can't overlook Omaha. Have you had any chance to find out what kind of team they are? Well, they have a pitcher who has got a ton of
1: strikeouts. And today, Coach Glasgow kind of compared her to kind of a Kandra Lamb type pitcher. Rise ball, uh, throws really hard. She ironically, when they won the Summit League title game on Sunday – threw a one-hitter with 11 strikeouts just like Sam Landry threw a one-hitter in a one-nothing win with 11 strikeouts on Saturday in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game. This is the first time they've ever been to an NCAA regional. And so, you know, it's going to be a new thing. You would think that the Cajun's experience in being in, what, 24, 25 straight regionals now would, would carry over. But we all know what a dominant pitching performance can do in a game.
0: Yeah, so it'll be interesting. So maybe this experience in in the summer these close games will help out in the regional for the Cajuns.
1: Absolutely. And the other thing is, I don't know anything about the catcher, but like the Cajuns can really run in baseball and softball. They do a great job of applying pressure to people by running. And if if Omaha Omaha doesn't have a top-notch defensive catcher, they should be able to take advantage of that.
0: Well, actually, on, on a side note, we looked at that LSU versus the Cajuns. LSU is very efficient, but they do not run. 41 stolen bases, 50 attempts. The Cajuns are three times that. They have over 120 stolen bases in over 150 attempts. Well, if you hit the amount of power that LSU
1: does, you probably don't want to run with, you know, one of their main hitters at the plate. Uh, But the Cajuns have a totally different philosophy there,
0: yes. Uh, So let's talk about the, the difference between this Cajuns team and the ones that would face LSU in the past. Like we've mentioned, they have more pitching. It used to be maybe a Jordan Wallace or maybe a Summer Ellison was better than what LSU had in one pitcher. But LSU just kept on coming with the Ellie Wall Jaspers and the Carly Hoovers, And it was just too much to overcome for one Cajuns pitcher. It is different this year. They have a lot of depth. They have four solid pitchers that could probably match up with anybody. Yeah,
1: I, I think that I don't think there's anybody on this staff that can, you know, what I call Jordan Wallace, LSU. When LSU, when the Cajuns went over there with Jordan Wallace, she just pitched every game and threw shutouts and, and they won every game. I mean, I, right. I don't think anybody's going to do that, but I don't have to do that to your point. You know, I, I think they can match up. Uh, Kendra Lamb two years ago threw a shutout, complete game shutout against LSU in a regional. So she's mm. done that before. And obviously, um, Sam is red hot. You know, I, I think LSU's lineup, from what I remember earlier this year, not nearly as deep as it was some of those lineups. They have, yes. two, real, they have two really good hitters. And look, right. Georgia Clark, the, the, the Cajuns don't really seem to get her out the times that I remember them playing LSU in the last few years. So it's about making sure that Pleasance and Clark don't kill you, but – for the Cajuns, they've had a tough time preventing that.
0: All right, let's take a time out. We'll come back. We'll flip the script from softball to baseball with Kevin Foote of the Acadia and an Advocate. But first, let me tell you a little bit. You guys, uh, you guys know that I love them, and I do. They are built bars. All right, looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever, Built. If you're like me and you want to make a healthier snack choices, but don't want to compromise on taste. I've got the thing just for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing, you won't even think they're good for you. You got to try it. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors, like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy for you. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. Where you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk up to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a 4-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. If you're close enough to Sam's, that's where I shop. Run in and grab a thirteen-bar box with our hit flavors: brownie batter puff and churro puff. Churro is my favorite. You can thank uh, me later. All right, we're back on the eating healthy ways because uh, it has been it has been an issue. <laughs> uh, there was an issue this week in. Uh, well, Lafayette for the Sunbelt Conference tournament, we were fed well. And I need to do a little bit better job uh, with the built Bars because I actually ate them mostly the week before. So bad job by me. I will get more. All right. Let's flip the script. Let's talk Raging Cajuns baseball. They are on fire. Find themselves in third place in the Sunbelt Conference. More with the Acadiana Advocates, Kevin Foote. We're talking with Kevin Foote, the Acadiana Advocate, uh, beat writer for the uh, Louisiana Raging Cajuns. All right. Let's flip it to... Uh, baseball, Raging Cajuns all of a sudden go from a, a tied for sixth and maybe not making the conference tournament to now in third place. They've swept two series in a row. They did lose two out of three to Coastal. Uh, could have won all three of those games, but certainly at least two of them. And then a sweep ULM. They sweep Texas State. Kevin, before the ULM series, I said they had to win six out of their last nine ball games. Thinking sweep ULM two out of three from Texas state and then win one from Southern miss. They've already accomplished the six. I think they're safe to be in that three to six seed area. Uh, But if one win, they get one win against Southern miss, they should be all set.
1: They are. It's tricky because it would be even trickier if app and James Madison had played all their games because see apps played one fewer game than most of the teams, the Cajuns for sure and James Madison's played two fewer games. So right. the, the the tricky thing about that is uh you, you you they have the same amount of losses as Troy with 11 one behind the Cajuns but if the Cajuns you know finish with the same amount of losses they're going to have a higher winning percentage which could help the Cajuns in both of those tiebreakers Right? if they can't get that one win in Hattiesburg which look no one's been beating Southern Miss lately so yeah that, what that's, about- that's tricky The other thing is Troy is playing apt. So the two teams right behind the Cajuns in the standings are playing one another, which uh, could help the Cajuns if there's no split uh, sweep there. And both those teams, though, won the series with the Cajuns. Both of them did. And and James Madison um, swept the Cajuns. But, again – App is not going to have a tiebreaker because they, they played unless there's a rainout out and that they never make up. They, they played a right. different amount of games. So the tiebreaker won't apply And with James
0: Madison. They played a different amount of games. So the tiebreaker won't apply. So what do you think has changed with the with the Raging Cajuns over the last two or three weeks? They're still banged up. They're, they're you know, not necessarily getting healthy, but they are getting better pitching performances. And their offense is coming to life uh, a little bit earlier and not having to come back all the time.
1: Yeah, you know, it's – last week I was doing my radio show and I had a guest and he pointed, yeah, the Cajuns are struggling with pitching, but so is everyone else. And if you look into it, no one in the whole conference has a team ERA below five other than Mm. Southern Miss and it's just below five. So I think what – it's almost like the Cajuns – he talks a lot about matching up. You know, I think one of the big keys for the Cajun is Connor Higgs became a legitimate hitter. He had the home run uh, to win a game. I forget who was against and, and, and a decider game at, at, at home. And then he went to LSU and hit a home run there. And he's calmed down a little bit. But when he got inserted in the middle of that lineup, it, it kind of lengthened the lineup, I thought. And now their lineup is where it needed to be. Before that, Carson Roquefort was not hitting with the kind of consistency that he's hitting with right now. And before that, uh, Max Marshock wasn't. I mean, for a while, Max Marshock, most of the years, he are, is, uh bat average started with a one, but now he's mm. up in the 260, 270 range. So he's on fire. So the first thing is their lineup just got longer and more explosive with fewer holes in it. The second thing is... They really start. I think you and me and a lot of people thought, you know, this idea of of, of playing day to day with your pitching staff and treating it like a Johnny Hole staff in a in a Sunbelt conference right. tournament losers bracket is not right. gonna work. Like we've all seen that, but how can that work long time? But it has worked. I, well
0: I don't know yesterday. that it's, a, yeah. it's worked. Yeah. I mean I, on Sunday, yeah.
1: It, it, they just seem to have made it work because. They um, have done a great job hitting. But the other thing is, the, the real key to this team is they play defense. I mean, I don't, I haven't seen – I didn't see the updated Sunbelt Conference stats after this weekend. That probably will come out tomorrow. But, like, they have way fewer errors than anybody else in the league. Mm-hmm. Like, their fielding percentage is way higher than everyone. So, when we talk about all these teams that struggle pitching – The Cajuns have been able to overcome some of that better than most teams because they're playing great defense behind that trouble pitching. And most teams don't do that. And that really showed up this weekend at Texas State. They didn't do a
0: great job of fielding bunts at all. Right. Yeah, it sure did. They had trouble fielding, uh, throwing guys out on routine ground balls. So it was really interesting. All right, one more time out. We'll come back and wrap things up with Kevin Foote of the Acadiana Advocate. Should the Cajuns switch up their rotation for better matchups this weekend with Southern Miss. Again, thanks so much for continuing to support Locked On Sunbelt. we got the nice set here. It's looking pretty good. Dad, over the shoulder, always watching out for me. Uh, And thank you. Channel continues to grow. Need some more sharing and some more liking, uh, some more ratings uh, in the audio portion of, uh, of the show. It would be really good. If we could get that. So again, when you see it, if you like it, if you got some comments, I'm happy to comment back. Uh, I'm the one who will be replying. If it says locked on, uh, that is me. So I do appreciate you guys uh, downloading it and sharing it. Uh, also, don't forget if you you know don't have time to watch it during the day or at night, you can always download it. Subscribe, you know, either to the Apple podcast or to Spotify, uh, iHeart, Amazon. They all carry. Just search "Lockdown Sunbelt" and you can listen to it. Hook your phone up to the car, and you can listen to it on the way to work. All right, let's wrap things up with the Cajuns beat writer for the Acadiana, Advo- Acadiana Advocate, Kevin Foot. I want I want to talk to you about those matchups because we've seen across the basin. You know, uh, we saw other teams. I guess what Auburn and uh, Mississippi State decide. You know we're going to throw our number two on Friday night against Paul Skeens, or at least in the first game, and then have our number one go on Saturday. Anybody up against anybody but named Paul Skeens is that something that maybe the Cajuns do? They don't pitch against Tanner Hall, like you know we'll do. We'll move everybody back. Like Nezu goes on Friday because the series is thirty Thursday, Friday, Saturday because of the tournament. So Nezu goes on Friday. Fluno goes on Saturday and do that whole, you know, Johnny Holstaff thing on Thursday. And maybe you can come away with a game on Saturday or Sunday and avoid the big Tanner Hall matchup.
1: Well, you know, when 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 getting one win, now normally Coach Dagg says, we're going to go for a guy. You know, we're, we're, we're right. going to go for it. But when you need one win, like you said at the very beginning of this, that would be more tempting to do something like that this weekend. Now, at different times during the year, uh, Jackson Nezu, he kind of was the Saturday or the game two starter, and he stuck with that one a little while. But then when other people kind of just didn't get it done, they moved him up to that with the Friday night spot or the game one spot. So it wouldn't shock me at all if he did something different because he's done different now. The other thing is you're going to want him to pitch in game
0: one in Montgomery um so w- w- would that be Thursday oh uh no isn't that what would be uh depending on what happens obviously but uh, right right right
1: yeah you know, it's, that, it's, that, that 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 could play a factor in when it is you know I don't know what seed they're gonna be but uh very possible that could be Thursday so we'll you know we'll see but no I could see it happening because it's so important that they get one win so it could be a sound lot approach if they go that route
0: yeah, so you're concerned that if he pitches on Friday and has to come back on maybe a Wednesday, that's a little bit too quick. Or wait until Saturday, I'm saying. Yeah, Or then oh, I okay. want to wait
1: till Saturday,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's I wouldn't want time. to do that either. Yeah. Let me see here. Why can't I find uh, the, the uh, baseball Montgomery? The first game, first round is on Tuesday. No, the first game that the Cajuns are hoping to play in would be on Wednesday. Would be on Wednesday, so yeah, you wouldn't want to do too late. You certainly wouldn't want to do Saturday. So you no, he wouldn't pitch Saturday. Night. I was thinking Friday, but maybe with the number one, uh, with their first game being on Wednesday, maybe throw him Thursday, and and you know maybe you can find a win on on uh, you know Friday or Saturday without Nezu.
1: Yeah, and look, it's very possible that they could get swept and still be in the top six, but you just don't want to take that chance.
0: Right. No, you just, especially when you just, you know, and again, baseball coaches don't think this way. Players don't think this way, you know, as much as, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was like they need to go up to ULM and get a sweep because ULM is not very good. All right. And, and they did that. You can never really count on that and that the coaches and the players will never tell you that they want to win the series, just like they want to win this series against Southern Miss. But at the same time, they know we just got to win one. We got to avoid playing Tuesday and we got to avoid, you know, by avoid playing Tuesday, then you avoid Southern Miss and Coastal. Next is the idea.
1: No, I, absolutely. Now, if Monroe can get one win, they'll be in. But I don't know that anybody really thinks that's going
0: to happen, especially in San Marcos. Yeah, I'm not holding. I'm not holding my breath uh, for that. Not. At my all. question talking- is,
1: and, yeah. and maybe you've talked to more people outside this area. What it Georgia Southern is just really
0: slumping, like you know, that well, yeah, I don't know what's going on. You know, Georgia State from nowhere, you know, the last two, three weeks have been ridiculous, right? The Cajuns were tied for sixth, now they're in third place. James Madison was 11th, they got all the way to fourth, but because they lose the last game to ODU, now they're into sixth. Yeah, uh, it, 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 and Georgia it, it State
1: has-, has been playing really well, and Georgia Southern's just free falling. So it's, it's, it's kind con- you know, this is a Georgia Southern team that had a top 10 RPI last season. Right.
0: And, and South Alabama has gone from <laughs> South Alabama has gone from winning 10 in a row to, you know, losing like six straight in the conference. Look, that South Alabama
1: do- was a, was an elite baseball program in this thing, in this conference for years. And it just shows you the difference and how hard it is to be consistent. The Cators beat South Island, Georgia Southern and Texas state. Last year when they won that the tournament. And that South Alabama team was not their best team, but it was still a good yeah. team. And that Georgia Southern team was really good. And the right. Texas State team, I thought was a World Series caliber team. I mean, they yeah. were really, really good. Mm. And then and then look here, a year later, the Cajuns sweep Texas State for the first time ever. And South Alabama's probably not gonna make the tournament, and Georgia Southern is barely gonna make it.
0: Crazy. Yeah, a couple more minutes here with Kevin Foot of the uh Cadiana Advocate, where I locked down Sunbelt, your team every day. Let's talk about the Cajuns right now. I mean, what a year they are having, right? They get a a uh, Sunbelt basketball, Sunbelt championship. They got a Sunbelt golf championship. They got a softball Sunbelt championship. Uh, and they are the defending baseball championship uh, champions. Uh, I, again, I don't know, like you just said, who they could beat. You know, be tougher gauntlet. You know, last season seems like it would be a tougher gauntlet than this season, although the two top teams to be uh very tough and coastal they they competed with coastal uh have have the raging cajuns ever had four sunbelt champions in one calendar year because i think we figured it out a couple years ago they had three
1: yeah and no i i mean i have to go back and look I, i don't know that for a fact but even the year before that you know um you know we're not that far removed from um the, the football team winning and the year before that, the basket, the women's basketball team won the conference for the first time mm-hmm. ever. So it, it is a good era right now that they're in and in, in, in this little patch here. And I think football will be very competitive next year. I don't know about winning the conference and, you know, baseball is, it's just been a strange season. And it's just like, every time you think they're dead, they do great. And every time you think they're really on a roll, then they kind of take a step back, but no, Look, we all everybody thinks Dr. Maggett has done a fabulous job and there's no arguing that and you know the, the thing now is to see how far the softball team can go um because they haven't won a region that's been the premier athletic department of this program in this university since 1990 and they haven't won a regional in 6 years now since mm. what and so it's it, you know it, it's it's time and so that that we'll see what happens in Baton Rouge this weekend
0: what is coming up what are you writing about this week in the kitty and advocate and how can people find it
1: well they can go to the advocate.com and um you know I, I, i'm I'm kind of writing I'm looking up I think baseball is in a weird state right now if you remember the 90s where um you know you had all the gorilla ball and the people and it got out of hand I'm wondering I don't know if it's gonna get that out of hand but it it sure seems like there's a lot of teams right now across the country that cannot pitch. It's not just in the Sunbelt conference. Like, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm the the art of pitching seems to be um, missing, not the art of throwing 95, but the art of pitching seems to be missing. And I think that's an issue in major league baseball as well. I I hope to explore that this week. Well, I
0: think that's that I think I, maybe I'll find you somebody who knows uh, it feels like people are just trying to throw harder and yes. that's how they get injured. Instead of throwing 92 or 93 and putting it where you want to, or throwing 97 and see if you can hit it until my arm blows up.
1: Yes. And you walk a million people and you hit guys and, right. you know, coach Degg's been talking about freebies since before the season started. And Sunday's game was just a, just oh. a total, you know, example of that. <laughs> How you could just totally ruin a game just because you can't throw a strike.
0: That was a four-hour process that day. Yes, that Sunday was yes. Four hours, I got. That's that.
1: the other bad thing about that approach, yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: both teams did that. He is Kevin Foote from the Canadian. Advocate. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Kevin, for hopping on Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. We'll do it again soon. Enjoy uh, the softball in uh, Baton Rouge.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, sir.